We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, welcome to the show. Glad to have you here today, Ivy Nation Sports Talk. I'm just going to start with this. I was uh, just getting ready to to get going, and I got this comment in the YouTube chat. Remember when Sean was the one who was always on time? I knew they would break him to their will. Yes, I have been. I have been broken. It had some stuff kind of going on behind the scenes. There's, you know, there's always like these little technical this and that and kind of whatever else. But we're off and rolling and ready to go. Glad to have you. Uh, along for the show today, Robbie Presley, first live 6 p.m. show since week one. Glad to have you back, Robbie. Where the hell you been? That's all I've got to say right now, but seriously, glad to have you. It is Tuesday, but it's not just any Tuesday. It is Christmas in July, and of course, being a podcast, you can see the show title, and you know that you know something was coming up Christmas in July. Why is it Christmas in July? Because I opened my email today, and I got something I wasn't ready for. It just caught me off guard. It was a very pleasant surprise, though. It's like Mia Wallace in Pulp Fiction when she gets back from the restroom, you know, to find her meal had come while she was gone. You know, today was my my e-stocking, I guess. It was stuffed with the official media schedule for Notre Dame football's fall training camp. Yes, we know what it looks like. Here's what, you know, I'll tell you what it looks like. Here's what it looks like for Marcus Freeman's first training camp as head coach. I was about to say at Notre Dame, but of course, as head coach anywhere for that matter. But the media is going to be able to watch at least parts of 10 of Notre Dame's first 17 practices this August. Two of them are going to be full practices. The first full practice viewing is going to be the first practice of training camp, and that is going to be Friday, August 5th. So write that down. It's 17 days away. Marcus Freeman's going to hold a press conference afterwards, and uh, that will be one of three, count them three times that Marcus Freeman will hold a press conference during fall training camp in August. The second full practice we'll get to see will be two weeks later. Uh, That's Friday, August 19th. Special teams coordinator Brian Mason will be available after that practice. And for that matter, we're going to get to see a lot. We're going to get to talk to pretty much everybody. There are going to be three more partial practice viewings after that one. And there will be five other partial practices. viewing sessions that we're going to get in between that'll take place from practice number two through practice number seven. And just like the spring, we're basically going to get the chance to talk to pretty much everybody during training camp. Here's what the order looks like. Again, day one, Marcus Freeman, get a press conference with him. Next practice we get to, Tommy Reese and the quarterbacks. Next practice, Al Golden and the linebackers. Then it's Harry Heastan in the offensive line followed by Al Washington and the defensive line. Then we get Marcus Freeman again. Then Chancey Stuckey and the wide receivers. Delane McCullough and the running backs come after that. Then it's Freeman for the last time during training camp. And then Brian Mason and the specialists. Chris O'Leary and the safeties follow that. Mike Mickens and the cornerbacks will come uh, after Notre Dame's final open practice, and that'll be on the 25th. So between the 5th of August and the 25th of August, that's when we're going to get to see all this different practice and talk to all those guys. And then after that, we're going to get one more media opportunity with the two coordinators, offensive and defensive, I guess, anyway, not special teams, but Tommy Reese and Al Golden 
It'll be August 27th, right before game week leading into Notre Dame and Ohio State. So we are uh, just chomping at the bit right now and, you know, getting ready to go 17 days away, take a drag or a vape or, you know, whatever. I don't know what I'm talking about right now. I'm overcome with a wave of emotions. It's It's got to be the earliest, I think, that we've ever gotten a fall media camp schedule, at least that I can remember anyway. But, uh, you know, that's uh, that's kind of what uh, what's coming up. You know, usually we're sitting here, it's like August 1st, and we're going, okay, when's training camp actually opening? Where are we going to be? You know, and all that. We kind of have an idea. You know, and again, this is all going to be on campus. There will be no Culver Academy this year, you know, like the last couple of years. So no more of that, at least for now anyway. But uh, that's what training camp looks like. Uh, the, the full camp schedule and the media availabilities, of course, we'll be talking about it on this show, writing about it at Irish Breakdown and on the message boards and, and all that different stuff. So uh, we will be, uh, we'll be doing all of that. So um, looking forward to it. Obviously, but right now it's July 19th. Countdown is on to the start of training camp, 17 days away. My friends, I will catch my breath now. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And kindly ask you, remind you, please hit that like button, subscribe, rate, comment, all that good stuff. It helps our channel out immensely. If you would, just take a second and do that. And, uh, well, let me see. Irish Natty within three years. Is there anything to Dennis Dodd's claim that Notre Dame is looking for around $75 million a season to extend the NBC rights contract? You came to the right place because that's what we're getting to. Uh, if you missed yesterday's show, I had the one-on-one interview with Notre Dame baseball coach Sean Stifler. He had a lot of great stuff to say, came away very impressed with him. I think we're going to continue to see great things from the Irish baseball program. So if you haven't had a check a chance to check that out yet, do so. Check it out. You'll find it. YouTube, podcast channels, all that different stuff. Check it out. Have a listen. Watch it. Whatever you'd like to do. A lot of good stuff there, I thought. And thanks to Sean Stifler for the uh, 30 minutes of one-on-one time that he did. Uh, with us yesterday. But I tell you what, I was watching Better Call Saul last night, and no spoilers here, but I'm watching, and I had heard what a great episode it was going to be. And so I'm waiting, and I'm waiting, and you know, it's kind of this slow burn. It's like, okay, there's some interesting stuff, but especially compared to the last couple of episodes, the pace, you know, it was just a lot slower, and the tension's a little bit lighter, but it's it's slowly building. And then you kind of get to the end, and all of a sudden, it's like, boom! Hit you in the face, you know, this big thing happens. Again, I'm not going to give away what the boom was, but, you know, sometimes we get a little bit impatient and we just want the boom up front. You know, we don't want to wait around for all the details. You know, like as soon as 
Link Jarrett went to Florida State. People were like, why hasn't Notre Dame hired a baseball coach? It's it's like, it's been two days. You know, we could probably go out and get the Marion JV coach on two days notice. But, you know, we might be able to get something a little bit bigger if we actually spend a little bit time talking to more qualified candidates and, you know, doing a, going through the search process. You know, it's, it's kind of like the difference between Lost and Heroes. If you watched either one of those shows, or if you watch both of them, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Because... People always complained, you know, to the guys who ran Lost that they were just dragging things out. They never revealed enough plot. It's like you're you're stringing us along. You're dragging us along. You know what? When are you going to tell us what the smoke monster is? You know what? What what are these people doing? Why are they on the island? What's the deal with the island? You know, it's like okay, you know, we'll tell you when it's time. And then Heroes comes along with all the save the cheerleaders, save the world stuff. And they're, you know, blowing through plot left and right. People are going, see, these guys are telling you what's going on. Well, what happened with Heroes? Heroes, basically, it sucked by season two because they had blown through all the plot. and There was nothing left. And Damon Lindelof and Carlton Cuse over there in Lost Land were going, see, take your time. Take your time a little bit. And, you know, that's kind of like what happened after the Big Ten announced USC and UCLA were coming into the fold. And we're going on three weeks for that now. The Pac-12 is going to collapse. You know, it's still there. Well, at least for now, the ACC is going to lose half the conference to the SEC. Well, actually, you know, they had a bad TV contract that lasts for 15 more years. It's still there, at least for now, anyway. But it's this, you know, this is it. Notre Dame has to join the Big Ten. You know, you remember all that? It wasn't that long ago. It's kind of died down a little bit. But Not so fast now, my friend, because Jack Swarbrick's kind of over here playing this Lady Gaga, Conway Twitty little mix mash kind of thing that he's got on. He's like, he's he's playing a slow hand of poker face (laughs) right now. You know, the Big Ten money, it might be tempting, but it's still Notre Dame. And they still hold the cards right now. And they're still sitting in the position of leverage. And the report comes out yesterday from CBS Sports, and, you know, it pretty much says that because we've gone through all the particulars of the TV contracts here on the show over the past few weeks since all of this news broke. And the bottom line for Notre Dame, the path to remain independent hinges on whether or not, it hinges on a couple of things, whether or not they can maintain a path to the college football playoff. We've talked all about this. And whether or not the Fighting Irish can keep a TV partner to televise the home games. So they had the TV contract. They've had it with NBC, obviously, for more than three decades now. It goes back to 1991. Current contract runs through the 2025 season, which is also when the current college football playoff contract expires. They come up at the same time, conveniently. Enough. And now that you know the new the Big Ten's new TV deal, it's expected to pay each school in the conference around a hundred million bucks a year, while Notre Dame's current TV deal pays an average of about 15 million bucks a year. And big difference there when, when you look at that money, a hundred million a year versus 15 million a year that Notre Dame is getting right now. And when you compare the numbers, a lot of people were saying, Well, they've got to jump now. Look at how much more money they could get. You know, there's no way they'll turn that down now. The Big Ten just makes too much sense. But those are mostly people with no connection (laughs) to Notre Dame because they don't understand that Notre Dame values its independence like Saul Goodman values, you know, loud suits and his Bluetooth earpiece, you know. So the report from CBS that uh, we were just kind of referencing there a second ago, the report from CBS says Notre Dame would remain independent if they can get a new TV contract that would pay 75 million bucks a year. So roughly five times what they're making from the current TV contract. And look, that number may or may not be exact, but I think it's fair to say that it's a good ballpark number. And when you look at everything around Notre Dame, again, Notre Dame sits in the position of leverage now, both with the fact that you've got potential multiple suitors for the TV contract, not just NBC. You've got CBS and Fox out there uh, potentially that could get you into a bidding war. And of course you have multiple conferences that would love to have Notre Dame. ACC wants to keep Notre Dame. And as of right now, Notre Dame is contractually obligated to the ACC. There would be a buyout. The buyout for Notre Dame is not nearly as big as what the ACC schools would have to pay to get out of that contract. But SEC wants Notre Dame, Big Ten wants Notre Dame. And now you've also, you know, not now, but you've got the, the, 
the TV networks all in this mix as well. And it all makes sense because, you know, Notre Dame is the, or NBC rather, is the preferred TV partner since they've been in business with Notre Dame since 1991. But Fox and CBS are potential bidders as well. And the more bidders you have for your product, the better end price that it's likely to be. And from NBC's perspective, for them to put that much value on keeping Notre Dame for that price, they would want to have more games to pair with Notre Dame. And so even before this report came up, and there is a reference, and I'll talk about that here in a second, you know, even before that came up, NBC had shown an interest in the Big Ten. These reports have been popping up for the few months. Like they want at least part of the Big Ten package. Now, there's going to be multiple tiers to the Big Ten's TV contract, you know, whoever it ends up with. Fox is most likely to get the biggest part of this, but there's also potential for someone like NBC or or even, you know, ESPN ABC or one of the streaming services, even, you know, whether it's Apple or Prime. You know, Prime is obviously going to have the NFL Thursday night package this year. And Apple currently has MLB. And I think they got the soccer, if I'm not mistaken, recently. You know, but so my, my point is there are multiple suitors out there. Just like there are multiple suitors for Notre Dame, there are multiple suitors that are trying to add product to their to their networks or platforms. And you know, for them to put that much value on keeping Notre Dame, NBC wants to have something to pair with it. Their preference is the Big Ten to have at least some package of Big Ten games or, you know, maybe even Big 12, which I personally think to me is a little bit more intriguing since we're going to see a saturation of Big Ten and SEC games now, you know, in the near future. But there's a lot more, and NBC probably also wouldn't have to pay as much to the Big 12, which means more could be allotted potentially to Notre Dame when you start talking about that 75 million bucks a year. But, you know, there's there's much more plot to stretch in all this, though. You know, a deal's not going to be done tomorrow. And, you know, getting the college football playoff part to this figured out is going to take some time as well. But SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey continues to want to expand the college football playoff, one that doesn't come with automatic qualification for conference champions. Earn your way in is what he said at SEC Media Days yesterday. He wants more college football playoff spots because it's good for the SEC. Notre Dame wants more college football playoff spots because it's good for Irish independence along with the TV contract. So I think we're going to continue to see those two allied in, in the near future with this whole thing. Those two conferences definitely want an expanded college football playoff. I'm not sure what the Big Ten wants right now other than a bad team contract and you know being able to, to, to cash – bucket loads of money. I mean, in a perfect world, I guess everyone wants the bucket loads of money, but Notre Dame and, SEC, and the SEC at least right now very wide. And again, like it's this kind of, it's a little bit, I don't want to say shell game, but it may be, you know, a little bit kind of a chess match as, as I bring my friend Bobby Hensley in. Hmm. I mean, not just the networks, hmm. not just the networks potentially, you know, negotiating for, for Notre Dame rights, but these other conferences sort of jockeying for position to try to bring Notre Dame in. And I still maintain that it's better off for all parties, you know, for everyone, basically, if Notre Dame remains exactly where they are. I think it's good for, for everybody if Notre Dame remains independent. Start with that. What do you think, Bobby? And thanks for, thanks for, thanks, thanks for stopping by today. Yeah, it feels like a Thursday already. Um, I know. <laughs> Notre Dame is just such a unique program and such a unique situation that it's really neat to see how they play out with all those conferences because this college football is kind of picking them up. And I think you can only have a maximum now of three major conferences. So at this point, you know, if they want to stay independent, they can just pick and choose and wait and see how it breaks down. But it's going to be very crucial for them the next couple of years because we talk about their independence and their relativity to college football and everything. But if they don't have a couple good years here, if they fall off on the downside, then they're not going to be as valuable to themselves. They got to get, they still have to produce. They still have to win. And that's what their key is. They need to play these marquee matchups and try and get as many wins as they can. Cause that's, what's going to stir the, the, the ship. You talk about money. Sure. Money's a big part of it, but winning is what gets money too. 
if Alabama wasn't winning games, they wouldn't be as powerful, you know, as lucrative in the SEC as they are. So I think Notre Dame really just needs to keep on winning and then they can stay independent as long as they keep on winning. But two bad years in a row, the way that everything's like fracturing right now and that they'll have to eventually join something if they have some losing seasons you're or don't continue Nancy. to schedule at a high level. What are you even talking about two bad years in a row? You're, you're, you're like already, well, if things go bad here, then I'm just <laughs> saying that that's the only way they don't hold their own cards. Oh, right. Right. I, I see what you're saying. I see what so you're I saying. think at this point they they're in the driver's seat and the way they've set themselves up over the last 150 years is what put them in this position. They've earned it. They've won their games. They've been so good for college. College football is better when Notre Dame's good. So I, you know, you just got to keep being good. But other than that, no, they have every right to do whatever they want and see how it breaks down and we'll see where things end up. The uh, the boss is is jumping on you right now. He has Bobby has BK PTSD. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yep. Um, uh, you know, you get. No, I see what you're couple, saying. I see what they you're saying. They had a couple you down get... years during the Kelly era. They weren't back to back and they always rebounded well and built back up quickly. And everything looks like it's on an upward trajectory right now. And they should have the ability that they can be independent for as long as they want to be, as long as they have that TV contract. TV contract and the path to the playoff. Those right. are the two big things. And, you know, again, it's a big step up in revenue from where they are right now. The average is $15 bucks a year, but according to this article on CBSSports.com, they're actually getting closer to $22 bucks a year right now because it's backloaded, you know, just kind of, the, again, the $15 million is the average still. But so what do you think about that? You know, just just that's kind of where, you know, I was going with all this. You know, the uh, the report that says Notre Dame could stay independent if they can get that new TV contract that would pay them 75 million bucks a year annually. I, why wouldn't you take that? I think that they're, it's an amazing deal if they can get it, as long as it happens for them. 75 million is so much money for one program. Some conferences, well, most conferences won't be getting that as a conference. So for Notre Dame to be independent and be able to take that much money, that that's a slam dunk. That's great for them. And they, like I said, they put themselves in a position to deserve it. They're whenever they play, they're national. They always have the, you know, the viewership that they have so many built-in rivalries. All their games are going to be so highly rated. So they're worth it. And why not take that and stay independent? The interesting part of this was, and I hadn't really thought about it until reading this, that NBC wants what it calls shoulder programming to go along with Notre Dame football. So in other words, you know, a Big Ten package, not the main Big Ten package, you know, the Fox will likely have, but like a package of Big Ten games or maybe Big 12 games. And I was, you know, just talking about that when you were logging in a second ago. And you so like you, you would potentially have you know, like a Notre Dame Big Ten or Big 12 doubleheader. So, like, if Notre Dame's playing a night game, maybe, you know, at, at uh, you know, 3 o'clock or, or 3.30, whatever, you've got a Big Ten game, you know, as the lead-in. Or, you know, maybe Notre Dame's playing the early game and then you've got a primetime game with Big Ten or Big 12. What do you think about that? I think that's really intriguing because college football has so much money and NBC wants a bigger footprint in it. I think that's very obvious. They've – they were looking into the Big Ten already this previous offseason. What you got to be careful about is what matchups would they get because the main Big Ten would be on a different network. And they're not going to compete against themselves. So what games are you going to get? Are you get Nebraska versus Northwestern? Is that really lucrative to you? It's still college football. But then, okay, if that game starts at noon and then Notre Dame's at three, if the game goes long, are they going to delay the Notre Dame start? Because you know everybody's well, shooting, and, and that's why that's why I said you know three o'clock, and then you've got a primetime game at you know seven thirty or eight o'clock or whatever. I mean, if you're if you're NBC, you can obviously space them out because typically, you know, the biggest lead-in that that Notre Dame has seemed to have before is like what NASCAR. You know, like that was always a mm-hmm. thing where you know like games were being scheduled around the NASCAR schedule and and stuff like that. I I think it makes a lot of sense for NBC because. You know, again, all they've had, you know, is in terms of college football, all they've had for these, what, 31, 32 years is Notre Dame. And so if they don't have a Notre Dame home game, they don't have college football to show on Saturday. But 
if they're in with not just Notre Dame, but with one of these other conferences as well. No, you're right. It, w- w- would it be a great game always? No, but it would be it would be something to pair with Notre Dame so that you you know you've always got something. And then so then when Notre Dame has road games, you've got this Big Ten or Big 12 or you know Pac 12, you know, whatever game it is, you've got that to slide in there as well. So I think it makes a lot of sense for for NBC to want this. And again, it's probably going to be a package that NBC is not going to have to pay a lot of money to get, you know, like especially if it is the Big Ten because they wouldn't be getting, you know, the the necessarily the premier Big Ten game of the week, even though they might, you know, be able to you know, kind of pull something out of that where they're getting a little bit better matchups every now and then. But then you're pairing it up with Notre Dame, and then when Notre Dame's got a road game, maybe you've got a doubleheader, you know, of this other conference going that day. So at least they've got something. They've got something to match up with that they're not going to have to pay a lot for. And to them, it apparently makes the value for Notre Dame even greater that, that that they might be willing to pay Notre Dame closer to that $75 million that they want. Right, and plus then during your Big Ten game, you can promo the Notre Dame game coming up. You can take bump shots of the stadium before, like at halftime and say coming up later. There's a lot of ways that they can make that a lucrative thing. NBC, their other sports packages aren't very strong anymore. So the more of what they can do with college football, the better. Even if it is a really lousy matchup, it's still college football. And you're still going to have people watching it or paying attention to it, which is more than what they have now for their lead-ins, which they're they're losing eyeballs to other college football games. So whatever they put on, they're going to be losing eyeballs to whatever matchups on whatever network. So, yeah, I think you have to – if you can get games, I don't care what game it is, any game is better than whatever else you'd put on. I think so, too. I think so, too. And and especially when, you know, Fox has shown – Fox over these last few years, you know, they continue to double down. CBS backs out. Fox is stepping up. You know, ESPN – and that's really where the battle is between – Mm-hmm. Fox and, and ESPN and is in as a DT or, or is it troll hunter <laughs> no, or is it roll hunter but he said like ESPN and Fox do now and that's essentially it you know the fact that that NBC kind of steps into that same terrain where now you know like they're they're part of the overall mix of college football Saturdays they're not just in on Notre Dame but they're in on college football with Notre Dame still being you know, really the, the centerpiece, the cornerstone of the whole package. Well, and if you look at CBS right now, I think that in their package, they're only guaranteed or only allowed to have two primetime matchups the whole college football season. And CBS uses one of them on Alabama, Auburn. And then it's depending on who's looking good in the season, Georgia, LSU, Alabama. They But they only are allowed to have so many primetime games because the rest of that conference is on ESPN. And, you know, the, the, the way maybe – NBC could get something like that. They get one prime game a year of the SEC or Big Ten or, you know, do the same thing with the Big Ten that CBS is doing with the SEC. They could get in and still have. And plus, the way it's going down to the playoffs, you know, maybe that'll get them more valuable playoff games down the road instead of just having them all on ESPN. Maybe Fox, like kind of like NFL does, Fox will get a game, NBC will get a game, and then ESPN gets the rest of them, including the championship. Right. Robbie asked, I just, or he said, I just want a good NBC Irish pregame show. Is that too much to ask? Well, don't r- worry, Robbie, because Vince and I will have an Irish pregame show on Saturdays uh, starting, you know, this season. So all you got to do is come right here and you'll get your Irish pregame show and you don't have to worry about NBC. We'll give you every. He said a good, want. he said a good show though. Sean. Oh, okay. Here we go. Now, Bobby's, Bobby's. Bobby's coming in doing his Sugar Ray, you know, sticking and jabbing and, and moving around the <laughs> ring. I was about to say maybe we would even have Bobby every now and then, but maybe that doesn't happen after all. So, well, then you'd have to call it rope a dope because I'm the dope, right? That's right. That's right. Uh, Indy number one fan. Don't be surprised if Amazon Prime becomes a player to some extent. Yeah, I think, I think with especially after the USC UCLA moves, what we're going mm-hmm. on three weeks now. I guess I think all these everyone's tentacles kind of got up in the air, you know, like everyone really wants to go after the big 10, I think, in all this, I, I think that from, from what I've heard listening to some of the sports media podcasts that I listen to and they're, you know, and they're like actual, 
reporters who follow, you know, Marshand and, and Orand, I referenced them, I think, you know, I've referenced some of their reporting before they were, you know, they really follow sports media and, and Andrew Marchand from the New York Post is really up on all these contracts and kind of where they go and, and, and that kind of thing. Um, one of the, one of the things that has kept the streaming out of it to this extent is, you know, like they want to put up the paywall and I don't think the conferences want the paywall up there. You know, they want as many eyeballs on the product as possible. So they want, you know, they, they prefer like broadcast network TV or ESPN where people don't have to pay to go get it, you know? So that's kind of been some of the hesitation, but I do think the streamers are really interested in this, especially, you know, again, with USC and UCLA jumping into the big 10, I think a lot of the streamers got really interested in, and especially that big 10 package. Peacock, I don't know. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that, you know, I don't know where any of this is going to end up going because of streaming and because does it end up being a la carte where you can pay per game, you know, or pay per week or something like that. And then I don't know the way the NFL structure, one of their big money makers at this point has to be the NFL red zone channel. So is there a possibility that college football could have some sort of that, even if it's by conference, like you can get the SEC red zone channel, the, the big 10 red zone channel and watch games that way because there's going to be games on all day. And then another thing that's interesting, how many games are they going to pluck back to a Thursday night or a Friday night? Friday's been iffy for ratings, and they haven't put big matchups on it. Well, and you got high school games as well, and that's been a big reason that everyone's avoided you know Fridays as much as possible, even though the Big Ten is, has been dabbling there Trying, the last yeah. few years. Yeah. Well, and the ACC used to have the Thursday night game, and I don't know what the ratings were, and it's been so long since they've tried, but – if you're going to have all these matchups and all these games, you can pluck them. So they're not all on Saturday. And then that might be where an Amazon Thursday night game comes and they might pluck some good games here and there. No, that's a good one. I was going to say, that's a good point just because those, you know, Wednesday, Thursday games and even Friday to, but especially Wednesday, Thursday tend to be, you know, like your Mac games and, you know, those kind of games. And, and basically, schools that are really desperate to get on TV and they're like, yep, we'll do anything. Tell us what you want to do and we'll do it as long as we're, as, mm-hmm. as long as we get a game on national TV. And it's like, you know, front and center on their website. We're on ESPN this week, you know, that kind of thing. And, you know, so it's, it's a lot different for the Notre Dames and Ohio States and, you know, Clemson's and Alabama's of the world. That's, you know, that's why you don't see them playing those games because they don't have to worry about being on national TV, but you're, you know, so that, but, but that makes a lot of sense, you know, like, again, I don't know what the value would be for a streamer to get some of those, you know, kind of like if we, if, if we were, if, if we tiered them like three tiers, I would say tier three, right. You know, those would be your tier three games. So but then the, the, the streaming thing's interesting. Cause you talk about tentacles and how they can make it valuable, but like, Maybe they like at Netflix. Let's say they buy a college football package and they get a decent matchup every week, like a tier three, as you're saying, like maybe Pittsburgh versus somebody, you know, Virginia Tech, like a game that's decent game, but nobody really cares if it's on at three o'clock on a Saturday because there's always more matchups around it. And then all week, maybe they could do like a documentary leading up to the game throughout the week and go behind the scenes and they pick their game before the season. But then the week before, they just send a crew out, and it's kind of like almost like a hard knocks every couple of days leading up to it. So you're promoting yeah. it, promoting it within your app. You have more content because maybe some people want to see behind the scenes stuff, and then you it's all leading to promotion of the game that would be on a Thursday. And that's where the value could be is in more than just the game. Yeah, Omar said uh, he could see a bidding war push Notre Dame closer to the 100 million, and you you know that's the thing if you get if you've got more than one entity interested you don't know where it could end up and you get a third which you know again i don't know how interested cbs would be in notre dame i would think that they would have to at least have some interest since they're not going to be in on the sec but i guess for them the question would be how much are they willing to pay because they backed out of that whole sec deal because they just weren't willing to pay the billions of dollars that espn and and abc ultimately ended up with but again like, I don't think you're going to see Notre Dame show their hand in any of this anytime soon because 
what helps give them what you know what helps give you leverage you know you're not just going to walk up to somebody and tell them what you're going to do you lose your leverage if you do that but if you kind of play coy with every you know like the girl the girl playing coy you know with 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 the guys out there and uh, you know then i think that that uh that you know that that gives her the upper hand in that whole thing right and it's the same with Notre Dame right now they're not going to show them what they want to do they want as many conferences interested in them as possible but you know the other side of that is the conferences aren't going to try to push Notre Dame too hard because the sooner that happens it's like if if the Big Ten tries to play hardball with Notre Dame you know like you've got to tell us by August 1st or else then Notre Dame is like well okay then you know we or else yeah we'll see you yeah exactly so I think everything you know again everything right now falls into Notre Dame's favor and the fact that there's so many different different platforms and TV networks out there interested you know I think that it's good for for I think that it's good for college football but I also think that it's really good for Notre Dame you know and again they need a TV contract they need a path to the college football playoff to remain independent as of right now they have those things and as long as big pick you know as long as it's not just the Big 10 and the SEC that favors Notre Dame in, in terms of staying independent long-term. It's just wild because two years ago, we wouldn't have talked about any of this, but the way that streaming's going and these contracts are going and the conferences are going, we're in the infancy of all of this. We don't really know the end game. We know Notre Dame's value right now and they're holding their value and they haven't lost any of it by having all these conferences and the way everything has gone. They haven't lost any value yet. If anything, they've gained more, but it's just such an infancy of this. Irish Shytown said, Bobby, I'm surprised we're not hearing more about the streaming services going after the mid-majors or subdivision. And I, and I think that that probably, you know, one, maybe comes next. Two, it's like, you know, again, like I don't I, – for me, just kind of what we're talking about, it's like the big-name products are going to be on network TV. You know, they're going to be in mm-hmm. primetime and all that. I think I would think that there would be like if you're a, a streaming service and you're interested in, you know, like getting into sports, kind of like what you're talking about, which, I, you know, what Irish Shytown is referring to, you know, like the Mac, Amazon, you know, Thursday game or Wednesday game of the week or or something along those lines. But you still have to have like it's hard to build an audience if you have to pay to see some of the stuff. That's and true, that's- too. That's like where you, the network you can TV. flip over to ESPN yeah. and it's right there already. Yeah. Right. But if you have, and to an extent, ESPN's already kind of done that with ESPN three or ESPN plus, however they want to, whatever their branding is on it at this point. I don't know why they, they didn't just call it the Ocho. It would have made so much more sense. <laughs> but like ball state games, I, I went to ball state. So watching their football games, I used to have to pay four ninety nine a month to get ESPN plus to see all their games or and basketball is a different entity completely, but I kept it around for that as well. So ESPN's kind of already done the poaching of the sub conferences and to see if that people will pay for it. And it must be at least somewhat lucrative because they keep doing it. So it's not necessarily they're branding it as, you know, the Mac network or something like that, but they already kind of do have a strength hold on some of those lower conferences. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's true. You have to pay for ESPN as well. But you have to pay extra to see some of the games that they just stream that they don't put on their networks, which right. is crazy because of how many networks they have at this point. Yeah. All right. So, again, I don't think any of this is going to be, you know, like it's it's not going to be announced tomorrow. It does sound like in terms of this Big Ten contract, because they were kind of coming to the point right before the, you know, the big shoes fell with USC and UCLA, they were getting to the point where it sounded like an announcement of that Big Ten TV rights contract was going to be announced pretty soon. And then all of a sudden, now you've got Los Angeles in the mix. And you know, and that's something that I heard someone else say a couple of weeks ago is I don't see what the big deal is about UCLA you know, being a part of this. And it's not just the rivalry with USC. The big deal of it is those are really two of the, even though UCLA football hasn't been that good in recent years, they're the Los Angeles market. And they're, mm-hmm. they're two of the flagships of the, or were two of the flagships of the entire Pac-12. 
So now you pull, if UCLA stays in the Pac-12, but USC leaves, that still gives the Pac-12 access to the Los Angeles market, the number two market in the nation. But both of them leaving together means the entire conference loses the Los Angeles market. And that is that is just massive for them. And, and you know, for the Pac-12, and, 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 and again, it's huge for the Big Ten being able to, to now have that Los Angeles market. And this isn't a new game. I mean, I'm sure they were in talks for a while here. But look at the Big Ten. Who was the last programs that they added? It was uh, Maryland and Rutgers. And they added them based on the markets that they could get on the East Coast. It didn't, they didn't necessarily want Rutgers as a program because they're not competitive in anything. But the money from the New York market is what they wanted. Yes. So they've been strategic about where they've plucked people from. And so this UCLA and USC edition, it's it's interesting and it was surprising when it came. But Big Ten's been on top of it from trying to get the specific media markets and the specific ratings that they can probably pull. Joe asks, what quality games will Notre Dame be able to schedule if they remain independent and the SEC and Big Ten refuse to schedule Notre Dame? Isn't that a concern going forward? I mean, sure, I I think there has to be some concern level. But again, I don't think, like, especially as long as Greg Sankey is the commissioner of the SEC, you know, the individual schools make those choices. But I don't really, you know, again, it's good for the SEC to have Notre Dame out there because the SEC wants to have an expanded college football playoff. Notre Dame wants to have an expanded college football playoff. It's good for both of them. And so they are essentially allies. And the SEC, you know, specifically with Greg Sankey running the show right now, he's he doesn't want Notre Dame to join the Big Ten. So it's in his best interest to work with Notre Dame, to ally with Notre Dame, to make sure that there is a path for Notre Dame, both for independence and for access to the college football playoff, it's in their best interest. And at the you know at the end of the day, like the Big Ten and the SEC might be a little miffed that Notre Dame doesn't join up. But why does everybody want Notre Dame? Because they are a big product. They are a TV draw. The TV networks know they're a TV draw, and the SEC you know schools in the SEC and the Big Ten know that if they play Notre Dame, those are big ratings games the networks know it the schools know it so it's still like they can all be mad at Notre Dame and and cry about you know them not being in a conference but the at the end of the day they still know know that Notre Dame is better for their bottom line even an independent Notre Dame remains better for their bottom line well I think that you're, you're delusional if you don't think every conference wants Notre Dame I think SEC is not flirting with Notre Dame because they don't think they have a shot at them but I think SEC would take them in a heartbeat if Notre Dame was like oh, hey sure. can we join so that's then they're playing against each other, right? So SEC's like, well, we know you won't join us. We don't want you joining the Big Ten. So go ahead and stay independent. We'll allow you in the playoff. You can come with us. You can do whatever. But and it's just so unique that the position our team's in, and it's kind of exciting because then also they get to play whoever they want within. I mean, the five games from the ACC. But other than that. Like if anybody from the Big Ten wants to play Notre Dame, that's a good non-conference game with how many how big these conferences are getting. Right, a marquee non-conference game is going to be pretty cool to watch, and those are big ratings on whatever network that falls on. So if Notre Dame is playing an SEC team, and it's on ESPN, ESPN still loves those ratings, or Fox or CBS, yes, whoever do. has them. If Notre Dame's the road team, it's still exciting for them to get the ratings, and it's a marquee matchup no matter what. Yep, and you know that's why. Whenever Notre Dame is playing these road games, more times than not, what time are they playing? Seven thirty, eight o'clock. They're getting those primetime games. That's right on because network cha-ching. television. That's right on on network or ESPN or wherever it happens to be. So, yeah, but not ESPN that, two right? and not yeah any of the side channels. That's right. Let's roll into a little rapid fire here, Bobby. Let me start with this one. Which is more likely to happen first? Notre Dame joins a conference. Or the Big Ten changes its name to accurately represent the actual number of teams in their conference. Well, that's a tough one because Notre Dame hasn't been in a conference in how long? And the Big Ten hasn't had 10 teams in how long? Yes. Because <laughs> Penn State was the 11th team, right? That's exactly right. In 93 or whenever? Yeah. yeah. So I would say Big Ten changes their name first just because it's 
when it was 11 for so long, they hid the 11 in the Big Ten logo. If you go mm -hmm. back and look at the other logos. So I think that Big Ten, re they, they have to change something. They changed that legends and leaders idea of conferences. It has to be Big Ten knows how ridiculous they are and they'll change their name. But because I, I, they have to. It's just so ridiculous and so not right, not even close to right anymore. That yeah. They have to come up with a better name. I know. I completely agree. They, you know, especially now, you know, you're adding more schools. Do you really, are you really going to stick with the big, I, I guess it's just a name at this point that, you know, the number obviously doesn't mean anything. I, you know, this is almost a push to me. Although, yeah. I'll, you know, like I think Notre Dame would join, would join a conference if, you know, the past that we've talked about end up being blocked, you know, and, and, and that's the, the way it turns. So I, maybe that would, would actually happen first because I just don't see the Big Ten actually calling themselves anything but the Big Ten. I think they're going to be stubborn with that. Well, and they kind of have dabbled with it a little bit, calling it the B1G before. Yeah, big. So I think that they kind of get that they're how ridiculous it is. But there's, you know, you just got to pull the bandaid off, rebrand yourself. Then you can have that name forever if it doesn't have a number involved, which yep. is why I don't understand why they don't just do that. Call themselves a big something. Come up with a, you know, the big conference even. I don't know what it is. Irish Chi-Town um, threw this question in here. Why can't we join a non-football conference like the Big East? And I, you know, again, Notre Dame's contract with the ACC runs through 2036. So as long as the ACC stays together and that TV con, you know, like that's all there. I could see the Big East as a fallback though. You know, like if it came to that, where you know the ACC said you know we're we're tired of you. I don't see that happening because again, Notre Dame is good for the ACC's bottom line. But I, you know, like if if things started falling around and the only way that Notre Dame was going to be independent, like they you know couldn't continue with the ACC and they needed another conference, I easily see them being back in the Big East again. You know because you've got you know with with, with you know the Catholic schools and and you know all that kind of stuff. So you've got all you know. You'd have like affiliations and all that. I could see that in the future, but you know, again, for right now, it's not going to happen because Notre Dame's got a, a contract with the ACC that lasts another fifteen years. Well, at this point, and football is what all the money is, and Notre Dame's probably more valuable than the ACC than the ACC is to Notre Dame because Notre Dame gets the marquee matchups, gets all the money. ACC, who, the Clemson's had a good run, but the way they were trending last year makes you wonder how stable they'll be moving forward. Florida right. state's been down for a while. So there's no marquee program in that conference. So at some point, and I, the, uh, there was an article yesterday that the PAC 12 and big 12 have decided not to merge, which would have been a, I think a good move for them. But at some point, all the remaining schools have to find a way to come together because without that, I don't know what the ACC can do if, if they lose well, one or two programs. Let's let that lead us into our next question then, because everyone's transition. talking about, <laughs> yeah, nice little segue, nice little transition you had there, Bobby, for once. <laughs> everyone's talking about two super conferences in college football. But Kirk Herbstreit says he could see three. You know, you've got the SEC and the Big Ten, and then like another 16 to 20 schools from what's left of everything else are in a third super conference. So what do you think about that thought? Yeah. I think I don't understand why there's so much debate. Even they have to find a way to stay relevant. And if you don't keep up with these mega conferences, the what's left of those conferences are pillaging teams that aren't marquee programs that don't have any draw that people outside of, unless you went there care about um, the big 12 has been trying to survive for a while here with adding TCU at one point with, you know, then there's a, I just don't Utah's out there, I guess that they could move maybe, but I don't see how, unless they all combine together to be a third conference. And even then, yeah. I don't know if they have the star power in terms of the attractiveness of program. See, and that's, that's they have to advance together somehow forward. They have to that, find a way to come together. I think that's the problem with what you were just talking about with the PAC 12, big 12 merger, because even though I still think it, it would be better for those conferences because you would at least have you know some some fairly relevant TV markets that would be in play, you know between what's in the Big Twelve right now and what's in the Pac twelve. You know again, Oregon and Washington, 
are the two most prominent schools out of all that. And they're, you know, again, like you're, you're talking about a next tier down when you talk about true desire, you know, desirability and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, I think that it makes sense for, for it. Like when you look at what Herb Street's talking about, it would make sense for all of these conferences to do something, you know, like they ultimately might be forced to that, but, in terms of their ability to make more money, again, it's about what TV markets you can be in. So if like the better, you know, higher profile schools in these different conferences were affiliated somehow, now it's probably going to take a while to get there because again, you've got existing TV contracts and all that kind of stuff. But then, if, we're, if, we're, if we're talking about it, you know, another 15, 20 years down the road, I don't think it's completely, you know, not feasible for something like that to end up happening. And that's where the big 12 still could be a little bit relevant because, you know, if they were to add a school like SMU or Baylor that are in these huge markets in Texas, you know, if you can get Dallas, that's a big market. It's one of the biggest in the country. So even though the programs aren't that great, they could still, you know, sell themselves that they have a lot of eyeballs in that market in those areas. And like you say, you need the programs to be elevated a little bit and Oregon is a better program. But, you know, if you can get the Dallas market in Texas, you know, Fort Worth, San, you know, those areas are still worth some stuff in terms of eyeballs and television rights. Yeah. Omar says, I don't see a scenario where the ACC is around in 15 years. And I can I could agree with that because, you know, again, as of right now, there's 15 years left on this TV contract. So if Clemson or Florida State or Miami or whoever wants to buy out of that contract to go join up with somebody else, you're talking about upwards of $300 million right now that they would have to pay to get out of it. But if you wait 10 years and you've only got five years left on that contract, you're still going to have to pay something, but it's a heck of a lot less than what you would have to pay right now with, you know, when you're paying, what, 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 what were we figuring, you know, like 25 million you know, something like that per yeah. year at, you know, at 15 years or whatever. So, I mean, I, I, you, can, I can see that, that you know, in the next 10 or so years, you know, some of these now again, I don't think it's going to happen tomorrow, but a few years down the road when there's less time left on these contracts, I can definitely see, you know, like the Clemsons and Florida States bailing and, and jumping ship and going someplace else. And do you think a school like Notre Dame's almost hoping for that? They're hoping for the conference to dissolve so that, the payout might not be as much and they, there might not be ramifications. So they'll be like, Oh, everybody else left. I guess we'll leave too. And then they don't have that tie anymore. More I think that's in the back yeah. of their minds. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, again, like in that scenario, like we were just talking about why wouldn't Notre Dame join the big East and everything else except football. Yeah. That could be your scenario. Like if the ACC dissolves, they're going to have to find a place for the, the rest of the Olympic sports, you know, and, and then, at the, you know, again, the every the, the whole landscape within the, in the next 10 years is likely to look a heck of a lot different than what it looks like right now so it's a matter of how different does the landscape look what are your different partners i just it, i think it's very hard to project any of this especially when Notre Dame's main focus is to try to stay on that road to independence you know and that's that's going to be their main thing i think you know again like You've still got to have a place for the Olympic sports and all that stuff. But the main focus is going to be on staying independent and and how they're able to navigate that is going to depend, on again, on on their TV contract, their path to the playoff. But also now, you know, as as time goes forward on what else is happening in the landscape of college athletics and, and you know, how many how many landing spots does that leave Notre Dame? You know, at some point, the Big Ten and the SEC could fracture themselves for the Olympic sports. I could see that happening. But they don't necessarily play like they have a West and an East because, like, you really think more regional that, pods, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, and then Notre Dame could join a pod of some sort or a conference of some sort for the Olympic sports. And that's an easy slide in. But football is what's driving the bus. And there's no way that Notre Dame's going to leave their independence in football for until they have to. I think they'll have to be pushed to make a decision eventually. And that's the only way they would ever leave their independence. Shy There's just too much value in it. Yeah. Shytown asks, is there a provision in the ACC grant of rights that would void the deal if too many teams leave? That I'm not sure. But I mean, if the ACC were to dissolve, <laughs> then who's going to collect the money? Yeah. There's, yeah. Then, 
then at that point, you know, especially from from ESPN's perspective, I think if you know you're losing Clemson and Florida State and your you know your bigger programs, then I, I'm sure that there's probably some language in there, you know, that that gives them some kind of out if those kind of things start. Happening. But also, if that if that money gets to be a certain point, like wherever they're going, whatever the next move is, will help pay for it anyways. Yeah. So it won't be like they're trapped on the hook for 25 million if they're the only team that hasn't left the ACC. I'm sure whatever the next move is would help pay for that anyway. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Bobby, between NFL training camps opening this week, MLB draft started Sunday, All-Star break. We're currently sitting in the All-Star break. The All-Star game is tonight as we speak. Which of those snuck up on you the most this week? Did any of those kind of... Uh, make you kind of turn around and go oh yeah that's going on i think it's nfl training camp i didn't even realize that's uh started already i baseball you're almost okay with it because they've already the the all-star game isn't even the halfway point they've already played 90 games so that's way over half so i think it's you're expecting it, it should have been earlier the mlb draft doesn't really matter because those guys it's cool to talk about and have some fodder for whatever twitter or whatever but the the, the prospects won't be up for three years, and even when they start, they're not going to be good. So who, the, the MLB draft is easily skippable. But then, you know, you get football, and it's like, oh, God, I guess we are past July 4th, and we're getting ready for football season to start. When does hard knocks start? <laughs> yeah. I, I'll tell you what. They all snuck up on me to an extent. That's kind of why I asked this question. But, like, I knew the draft, you know, and the draft – it's really pushed back compared to what it was just a couple of years ago. They used to do it in early June when the NCAA baseball tournament was going on, you know, right before the College World Series. They've pushed it back a little bit and they've changed their dates and a lot of their signing rules and all that stuff. I knew that it was coming up, but then all of a sudden it's Sunday afternoon and I start seeing tweets about the draft is tonight, <laughs> you know. So well, that, I, and so that, that draft had some interesting angles on it because of the top two picks, you know, being sons of major league ball players. So, right. I, but sneaking up. So I don't know if it snuck up though, because how, I'm not well, going to say it wasn't on my radar. I'm anyway. not gonna, like I said, I knew it was, I was thinking that it started Monday hmm. because the, I, it seemed like last year and or the year before, you know, it typically starts on a Monday. I thought so, but again, they've changed things around. So that Sunday definitely got me a little bit, you know, like I knew it was coming up. But the fact that it's like Sunday afternoon, oh, and the draft is tonight, you know, like, you know, one, why on a Sunday in, you know, the middle of July, you wait until prime time, you know, to, to put it on. Why don't you just start? No one's watching your draft to begin with. You know, there aren't right. <laughs> ratings for it. But then training camp, again, I was thinking like next week camp start. But now you've got rookies reporting this week, first two teams yesterday and more, you know, today. So it's off and rolling, man. It's off and rolling. Yeah, I think football, it's just, it's, you know, it's coming and it's a long season, but it goes so fast once it starts. So then you get done with it and it's almost like you exhale and you think it's yeah. a long time till it starts again. But here we go. And once we get to football, it just starts rolling. Busy Johnny, season. Johnny asked with the announcement of the camp schedule and media availability, does it make you guys at IB a little bit happier? BD, I'm pretty sure that means Brian Driscoll, was a little miffed at how little access was available before. And this is what I led the show off. This is Christmas in July. We got Notre Dame's fall training camp schedule 
today. You know, again, it's like, talk about sneaking up on me. I opened my email this morning and that's why it was like Christmas. It's July 19th and we already have the fall training camp schedule. There've been times where like, we're sitting there the week of camp and we still don't even have the schedule yet. And so the answer to your question is an unequivocal yes. Very excited that that training camp is coming up. August 5th is going to be the first practice. Marcus Freeman will have a press conference afterwards. And we basically hit the ground after that, man. We're going to be hopping. We're going to get to talk to everybody again. We'll have Marcus Freeman three times. We'll have 10 different um, chances to, to watch at least some practice, two full practices out there. So uh, August 5th, it's on. Very excited about it. And it's almost here. You know, you turn the calendar. I mean, we're already halfway, more than halfway through July. You turn the calendar and then it's already go time. And That's it's right. nice to have a plan for it for once. I'm on vacation next week. And after that. Your next day off will be next year. <laughs> basically, yeah, that's about right. I'll come back from vacation and we'll jump into camp that week and we're off and running. Uh, the All-Star game is tonight. If it's tied after nine innings, it's going to be decided by a home run derby. Have you seen this? Each manager is going to pick three players to participate. Each guy gets three swings. Do you buy or sell this tiebreaker format? I buy it, especially for an all-star game. That's when you're supposed to try different things as an all-star game. And Why not have your stars shine even brighter instead of having a hit and run or a guy start on second base? I love it. Just let them settle it that way. And it'll be quick. It's an ending. It's kind of like an NHL shootout. It's fine. I mean, in other sports, we've already tried the soccer and hockey, and it it obviously works for them. Uh, you know, it'd be like basketball, I guess, if they had like a three-point shootout or something. I like it, though. Stimey said he thought the All-Star game was around the 4th of July. I haven't watched it in years, though. It usually is right the weekend after, or like the week after the 4th. But again, remember we had a lockout at the start of this season, so things got pushed back a little bit. So... Hey, thanks, Michael. That's right. Smash, Smash. that. <laughs> Getting all kinds of comments coming in here. Um, it's hard Smash to keep up like with the button. reading, isn't it? There you go. That's right. Smash that like button. Chi-Town wants to know if you're going to be filling in. I think Vince is going to be here all week next week. And Vince and Bobby, Jesse will, you know, pop in. I think Bobby is going to, you know, pop in with Vince still. I need to. I was supposed to connect you guys. I don't know if I officially connected all you guys, but eh, I think this is going to be four days until you're off. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, no, it's, it's speaking of the which, weirdest week of the Bobby year to is, talk Bobby about. Bobby is actually in today because Vince is off this week. Yeah. So thanks to Bobby for for popping in a little bit <laughs> earlier. Just all, it's just surprising that you asked me. You must be desperate. Why wouldn't I ask you? <laughs> As to the all-star format, I guess I didn't answer that question. I love it. It's like, well, you know, why not just, you know, at the end of every inning, do a home run derby and see if you can tack on a couple extra runs. You know, it's like you get each guy gets a swing. And if, you know, you get if he can hit it out, then you get the extra run for that inning. I, you know, I, I say, why not? What was it in the 60s or whatever? They had a TV show called Home Run Derby. Home Run Derby. Yep, and they, right. it was three outs. So you had three swings if they weren't a home run. So now you get three outs. That's the end of the inning. They should do that for the all-star game and have nine innings. So each inning's a different hitter. And you have nine. It, it combined the home run derby and the all-star game. But we see enough baseball all year without many games. We need a different format. I agree. I really like this format. You know, I think it's, you know, again, it's got to be tied for it to come to that. But I think that, <laughs> I, I think it's pretty fun that they're going to do it like that. Like, I would rather see, and I, it seemed like a couple of years ago in the minor leagues, weren't they doing a tiebreaker, like in regular games, or or what? No, it was the Midwest League All Star Game did this, like where they ended it on a home run derby, kind of thing. I I think it would be cool. The, and like, I don't know if you'd want to do it for regular season games, but for the All Star Game, it makes perfect sense. Then do, I think it'd be interesting. Who pitches in this, like for the for a home run derby? That's a good question because, like in the actual home run derby, each guy's bringing their own game. It might just, you know, yeah, that's that's a really good question because, like, who's throwing batting practice in the pregame for the All Star games or for the All Star game? Or do you add a guy to the All Star lineup that has the worst ERA in the league and just let him uh, shell him out for, <laughs> for his own team? <laughs> Shytown wants to turn uh, sports talk into socks talk. 
for a day. Any day is a good day to talk about the oh, White Sox. Oh, he turns around that Sox hat. And uh, that might be just the perfect time to end it on that note. <laughs> yeah, go watch the All-Star game without Dylan Cease, one of the hat. best pitchers in the AL. Did you watch any of that, uh, the captain with Jeter last night? Yeah, it it's a little slow at this point because most of the stuff, yeah. you know he's from Kalamazoo, you know this stuff. I want to see more behind the scenes and I didn't get a whole lot. Little, little too much time on like his mom and dad and, and yeah. all that kind of stuff. You're right. I was, I, I watched the whole thing though, in that 95 playoff game against the Mariners. When you, when you turn that hat around, I thought blackjack McDowell. <laughs> I know. Was, I forgot he was on the Yankees. That's right. He was pitching in it. I think he ended up giving up the, uh, the game winning hit to the he Mariners. Yeah. That's one of the best. They need a whole documentary just on that series and everything that happened because that was one of the most iconic series, the first wild card series. That's right. You had had Griffey and A-Rod on the Mariners, and Griffey has his hatred towards the Yankees, and he really took it out on them in that series. Yep. But Randy Johnson, that that whole series needs its own documentary. Yep. I think you're right. That would be – that's a good one. And and I remember remember watching that game in in a – in a sports bar with my friends. It was a lot of fun. That was a very, very tense, very dramatic game. 1995, back when Bobby was, well, I guess you were out of diapers, but I was going to say, you went to a sports a bar to watch it, and I came home from second grade to watch it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll go ahead and wrap it up with that. And again, don't forget, hit that like button, like, subscribe, rate, review, you know, five stars, and all that kind of good stuff we really do appreciate it helps us out bobby thanks for uh for pitching in today and and uh i will see you on thursday oh i can't wait only two days away (laughs) that's right we'll talk to everybody else tomorrow when we have plenty more notre dame topics coming your way 17 days away from fall training camp as of right now everybody's got to be getting ready for it's going to (laughs) be going to be pretty exciting we will talk to you tomorrow on ib nation sports talk